Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Six. This is the Dirty Bird Nation Report, the unofficial official podcast of Falcons Twitter. I can't talk today. Uh, we have a special guest, uh, Unintentional Grounding, with us. We have the usual suspects, Gift Queen and Falcons, Falcons World Order. I'm sorry. What's going on, y'all? Not much. Another day back at the office. I'm here. You might be terrible. Oh, my God. Hush. <laughs> How's it going, guys? The done is here. Well, football is back. <laughs> yes, sir. So we're here on this uh, momentous occasion to talk about the first Falcons preseason game against the Jets, which we lost 17-0. to zero. Full disclosure, I, I have not watched a second of this game. I'm not a huge fan of the first preseason game, but I will go back and uh, watch some uh, YouTube footage by uh, Unintentional Grounding. Uh, y'all check that out as well. So, I will let a uh, gift queen and the Don give me their two cents in the game, and you know, let me know. Kind of describe it to me as somebody who hasn't seen any of the game. So, what, what, what did I miss? Nothing. That shit was boring as hell. <laughs> Golly, I was like, what the hell is going on? I was all hyping stuff because football is back. I thought we would get, I don't know, at least seven points on the board, but we didn't get shit. And by the time the third quarter hit, I was invested in my phone. More than the fucking game. I was like, what the hell is this? We got, what, two first downs the whole fucking time? Like, oh, I was so bored. I turned it off and by the fourth quarter and got on my Xbox. I was like, fuck this. I'm just waiting till we record. Yeah. It was, to me, it was just a glorified, I think it was a, just a glorified scrimmage. Um, like, I wasn't really looking for the offense to light up the scoreboard, like I said before. Like, I would just, you know, if we can just move the chains, you know, like get, you know, extend drives. That's all I was looking for. And I know we struggled with that, you know, in the first half, you know, under Matt Schaub. But, um, yeah, y'all boy Duke Riley, yeah. <laughs> I don't Stop. know. I, I really don't know. Like, yeah. Duke was a mess. I don't know what the hell he was doing. He looked just like last year. Like, boy, all that truck pulling you did last year, and then this year you disappear, and you have a camp. You hosted a camp and then came on the field looking like that? Dude did You should have been at he, camp. He did MMA training this, this summer, this offseason. Like, he did come on now. MMA, yeah. I'm MMA just glad, training. Yeah, I'm just glad that Casey's all right because he collided with Casey. Um, they because he gave up that touchdown, and at, in, in the process, he he collided with Casey. And I'm glad Casey's all right, you know. But like, come on now, like, nah, he was blind. He was blind people, out there running around. And like, people keep saying, "Give him a chance. Give him a chance." We gave this man a whole year, a, a whole, whole year. year. And this is preseason, and he's looking like this. Nope. Unacceptable. Everybody's roasting him on Twitter, and he deserves it. He's going to block all of us, but that's cool. You can't tackle on the field, so I guess you got to do some work somewhere else, and that'll be on Twitter. Well, I, I did go down there. Go ahead. I did see a conversation uh, of old Mr. Four Verts. He tweeted that Duke Riley still ain't ready. And I went in the comments and read he was going back and forth with somebody else. And they said maybe, uh, I think it was the guy from the Falcoholic was saying, maybe the Duke would be a better fit at uh, Sam. And four verses like, 
he's probably a better fit on the bench. So I'm like, damn, dude. Exactly. So, I'm like, exactly. yeah, man. No, Sam, his coverage was 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 garbage tonight. Him covering a tight end? Oh no. Well, oh, and, and to be let's let's be fair, it is his well, it's the first preseason game. Now, what I would say is just from trying to be as logical as possible. If he comes out the second game and doesn't show any improvement or any improved effort, then I think that's where we're gonna have a problem. But that's maybe an issue with coaching as well. So, but that you know, it's neither here nor there. So, uh, unintentional. What, what do you got to say? What did you think? Well, watching the entire game and streaming this entire game on YouTube and and basically giving my commentary, I watched Duke Riley from uh, obviously a, a point of frustration, like you guys did. Um, after that missed tackle, after him not even being in the general vicinity where he needed to be to be able to um, uh, uh, get to that play. Um, we're not even talking about a chasing standpoint. We're talking about just not being in the correct position, not being in the right area. After that, I, see, I saw some light maybe at the end of the tunnel for the Duke Riley situation. He started to play a little bit better. Now, everybody's going to start roasting him for that particular play, and I roasted him too on my channel. But he did start playing a little bit better. He started gang tackling a little bit better. He started playing in the right gaps um, a little bit better. But the defense as a whole just played like Duke Riley showed on that one play. It was very discombobulated. It was very all over the place. Um, it was a glorified uh, training session. It was a, a glorified scrimmage that we just watched. It's, it's a preseason game. It's, it, we're going to see the worst of the worst from our players. Um, and we're going to see more time with the second string and third string and fourth string and guys that are camp bodies. And obviously, if we're talking about Duke Riley, just him alone, not talking about the rest of the defense, Duke Riley didn't have a good performance last night. Can we let him off the hook for one preseason game? I think so. Can we say that his development last year, and especially with the injury, was subpar? Yes. But are we? should we go and slam him for having one bad night? No. Um, but should we be concerned? Yes. I think we should be slightly concerned. I'll, I will say, though, and I want to hear the rest of your thoughts, Ola Kuhn and um, Celestin, Ola Kuhn and Celestin, both of those guys playing behind Duke Riley, both had solid games. Exactly. Yeah, they, they played good, great tonight, especially um, Foyer. Foyer mm. Olukun. I, I, like I said, I really like him. And, yeah, I really think he sh – well, we'll see. I'm just – like like I said, it's week, it's week one of the preseason. If uh, Foyer shows – like, if his stock is climbing – if his stock climbs up again next week and Duke Riley's stock continue to go down, like I said, you know, Foyer might be, you know, pl playing uh, – Playing the wheel position week one in Philly. That's my prediction. But yeah, um, they the other two showed up and showed out. I don't know. I don't know what happened um, with Duke. I I had a little glimmer of hope with Duke Riley this year, but it just he just he came out and showed his ass and um, if he gets his spot taken it's gonna get taken 
I mean, but that's ultimately what we want, though. Like, that's the reason that you try to bring in people that you can compete with. So if for whatever reason Duke happens to lose a spot to one of the guys behind him, then I feel that's just another win in the drafting department for the front office that, hey, even though this guy didn't work out, we found another guy that can compete and be hopefully more productive than said player that we have. So it kind of evens out because it's kind of a, a loss for the previous year's draft, I guess, with picking up a guy that's not performing at the right level that you expect him to. But at the same time, we're not going to – we'd actually improve because we have a guy that can step in and actually, from what we've seen in limited snaps, can potentially be a contributor or a player or even a starter. So that it, it could work out either way. So it could be a blessing. And, and on top of that, if you want to kind of add in cap stipulations where you go say that Duke Riley was a third rounder, correct, and Ola Kuhn was a fifth rounder or sixth rounder, uh, that could potentially work in your cap favor, but maybe that's looking too far ahead. But that's still, if Ola Kuhn outperforms Duke Riley, your cap situation with him will be less because you can play that, oh, well, we drafted you later and we don't have to pay you as much money and we can take less risks with you uh, being that we don't have to try to pay you as much, you know? True. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, that sounds true. A fact, yeah, but uh, I think and Mark, the defensive coordinator, Mark one, I think he got it in his boys that no one's spot is safe on defense, like everybody's spot is up for grabs, even though, yes, we know Debo's gonna start and Kiki gonna start, you know, but really, everybody's gonna step up and try to compete with one another to take somebody's spot, so. I mean, that's how it should be. You know, that's, that's how you keep the, the team with the high motor and keep the, the best guys in the field, keep everybody competitive. You know what I'm saying? If you if you have no fear to lose your job, what kind of pushes you to be better? So I, I'm all for that. As long, yes. as long as the best person is available on the field that's making plays, I don't care who it is. Exactly. From top You're right. Because under the old regime, under Mike Smith, like everybody, you know, spot was safe. You know, and if you was drafted in the first two rounds, you know you was going to play. And they didn't really pay attention to anybody who was drafted in the later rounds. They didn't even get to see the field. Well, I don't I don't want to turn this into a Mike Smith discussion, but we can we can definitely say that the difference between the Mike Smith-led team was uh, – well, the difference between Mike Smith-led team and Dan Quinn-led teams has been player development. So it didn't matter whether you were taken in the first round or you were taken all the way down in the seventh round or undrafted. You were not going to get developed by Mike Smith. He favored uh, free agents and veterans over uh, drafted talent. It speaks for itself when you look at the draft of the roster right now under Dan Quinn. We have but like, what, two, three, four guys total from the Mike Smith era, and two of them are offense and two of them are defense. So it's like – there was no player development. Dan Quinn has had to pick this up and do it all its own on its own from 2015 until now. So if, if, if just, and this also speaks to Duke Riley too. If Dan Quinn can't turn Duke Riley around, then Duke Riley's just messed up as a player as is. But if Dan Quinn can even get a glimmer of hope out of Duke Riley, then by God, <laughs> Dan Quinn is a legend. Um, but he's doing he's been doing that for the defense. He's been doing that for this team. So again, like I didn't want to make this into a Mike Smith Dan versus Dan Quinn thing, but just looking at the guys that Dan Quinn has taken versus looking at the guys who Mike Smith has taken and seeing those player development and seeing who's left on this team that is Mike Smith 
uh, drafted, there's like nobody. <laughs> so, so we already can tell that no matter who Dan Quinn and Mike Smith touch, uh, or excuse me, Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov draft or touch or develop, it's going to be better than what we had in Mike Smith's stuff. You're right. Well, well, well I'll caveat that real quick with the – I'm still not letting Thomas Dimitrov slide for a lot of these players that we have that aren't on the team anymore. Like, I feel that he made it out scotch-free with the whole Mike Smith situation. I honestly feel that the coach in the GM should have been a, a package deal. I feel I would get more credit – to Dan Quinn over Thomas Dimitrov because you can see the clear line of demarcation where Mike Smith left, Dan Quinn came in, brought in a couple of those guys, and almost immediately the, the player development turnaround has been that much greater. I just feel that Thomas Dimitrov at this point kind of is riding the coattails. I mean, at this point, I know it's a pretty good union, but if I'm, I'm, if I'm slicing the, uh, the, credit, the credit pie, I'm giving Dan Quinn maybe 70-30. That's just my personal well, I mean, I would I would agree with you, except for the the blatant fact at this very particular point in time, and we've we just saw it in this preseason game now, and we've seen it over these last couple of years, is that when a GM and a head coach know the direction that they're going to go in, they look for those specific players and they develop those specific players to play a specific style and are able to succeed that particular way it's like going and uh giving your husband or giving your wife a grocery list and saying just go buy whatever and not telling them a price point coupons um you know what grocery store has the better uh has the better value and that's exactly what mike smith did to thomas dimitrov which was give him a blank grocery list list say hey we need these these, these things, but I'm not going to tell you exactly what we need, nor do I truly even care about developing these guys because we saw how many offensive defensive coordinators the Falcons went through under the Mike Smith era. Um, there was obviously no development or plan to actually implement for the Atlanta Falcons. They just wanted to be quote-unquote explosive. Um, under Dan Quinn, you actually have a process, and Dan Quinn actually has a true shopping list like, hey, give me whole wheat bread and give me 2% milk and I need these tall wide receivers and I need these tall of corners and I need these guys that can hit these particular ways or play this particular style. And that makes life for Thomas Dimitrov, who is more, by the way, giving you credit, DBN, more of a cap guy than he is a player development or bringing in particular pieces to uh, work in the front office. He's more of a cap guy than he is anything. Um, but Dan Quinn telling him the specifics of what to get, what to bring in, really helped ease the job for Thomas Dimitrov, and that's why it's more of a pairing. I will give you the I will give you the uh, the point that maybe he's riding the coattails, but it does make life easier when you're more of a cap guy and you need a specific list to make a team into something that the coach is asking. Um, it does it does change that for you. Um, and that has made it easier for Thomas Dimitrov to do what he's done and give guys the right cap numbers and give the right salaries and, and make this team what it is. And Dan Quinn has de uh, developed very well with what he's been doing. Um, and even Dan Quinn, let's let's give credit, credit to Dan Quinn for just a second. He brought in Kyle Shanahan because he knew that he was deficient on offense. He didn't know anything about it. So yeah. he brought in a guy that he knew knew something about it. 
And he's done that again with Sarkeesian, even though Falcons fans, and I know the people in here are also probably <laughs> going to say some things. People are going to say some things. Sarkeesian in his own right, when he was at Alabama and before Alabama and, and USC and before USC in Washington, was a great play caller, was a good head coach, was a good offense coordinator. Um, and even in the loss versus Clemson in, in the national championship game, he played with a quarterback that didn't know how to throw the ball. They only knew how to run it or run it, excuse me. And they played with a monster defense. And eventually Clemson was able to win that game, but nobody crapped on Sark. No media personality crapped on Sark. They crapped on the players performing. Now here he comes to Atlanta and of course, just like with Shanahan in his first year, it hasn't been pleasant. Um, but we still went to the playoffs. We still played at a high level on offense. There were some struggles. There was some player inconsistency. I've said it on my YouTube channel plenty of times where we played so inconsistent last year. You can still see that inconsistency in, in this first preseason game. It's inconsistent defense. Now, again, it's a glorified practice game televised. But we can see that Sarkeesian's calling some plays that are a little bit better. There's obviously a nap coming in to make this a better option. Dan Quinn's running this defense and developing his players at a high rate. So I don't think that Falcons fans should take anything away from this game, uh, you know, without a grain of salt, without actually a, several bowls full of salt, because there's nothing about this game that has really given us any information outside of how did the rookies do playing NFL quality football, which even I'll ask this panel, was that even NFL quality football 17 to nothing? Did the Jets really blow us out? <laughs> they scored I, I, 17 I, I, points. I don't, I don't take they too played, much. They started as longer than we did. Yep. <laughs> they did. Uh, it was just okay. It was just, like you said, a glorified practice between two teams. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's outside of uh, looking at some of the guys individually, like I know you did on your uh, YouTube channel. Outside of that, for the first two games is pretty much all, all you're going to be able to do. Like I know, like you said, Snap played really good. That's the kind of stuff that I want to see. You know what I'm saying? I want to see the effort. I want to see some of the rookies looking good, look, looking like they can be productive pieces. But outside of that, I don't – the score, like there's really no scheme. The vanilla defense is probably vanilla offenses. Maybe just getting out there to bang with other guys to get that, uh, that feeling of, hey, these aren't our own guys. They're going to hit us. This is live. But – Outside of getting the cobwebs knocked off, I'm not really. I'm just. It, it is what it is to me. So. Yeah, and I'm. I'm just glad nobody got hurt. Yeah. Oh, that too. That's the. That's the biggest thing we can pull on tonight. Preach. Exactly. Preach. Oh, go ahead. I, I was. I was waiting for her to preach on 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 players not getting hurt, but I, I guess oh, I'll take the floor again. I, <laughs> the, shit. After seeing the Redskins guy go down, like I was devastated. Oh. I am in the DMV area. Like the whole atmosphere in this place in Redskins country is down. They were looking forward to that kid just coming through and demolishing. And now they're like, I don't even want to watch the season. Like that, it hurt me. I hate to see any player get hurt. 
Well, except for the guys that intentionally try to hurt players, they deserve to get hurt for trying to do that to other players. But that's another story for another day. True. Uh, anybody, I hate seeing him get hurt. And the kid, it's his, it's preseason, and he gets an ACL tear. That just broke my heart when I saw the news come out at lunch today. And I'm just praying that nobody else gets hurt. Falcons or Falcons or any other team. I'm just. Just no injuries, stay healthy, like play hard, but do it in a healthy manner, please. Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, my heart kind of dropped earlier when I saw Casey come off the field. And I said, oh, man, but he get, he went back in there and he had a great game. Yeah. He had a great game. And, like, I'm thinking, like, okay, we, we just signed Rico to, you know, three-year contract. I'm trying to figure out how we're going to. We're going to play. I know they're going to play Rico, but how are we going to put it in Casey? Because I really feel like he should get more playing time this year. So I I, I talked to some other Falcons fans. I, I don't know if you want me to go on, on this little discussion as well. So let me know if you guys want me to continue with the, with the KZ talk. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Um, but with, with DeMonte Casey, I think that Dan Quinn truly wants to go to these three safety looks and really put uh Keanu Neal in the box. I was in I was at practice uh what was it not this past weekend. Was it this past weekend? I think it was yeah. this past weekend. Yeah. yeah. I was at I was at a camp this past weekend and they were putting Keanu Neal as a rusher at the top of the box. I saw it tonight. I'll pull the film for you. They put Keanu Neal right next to a linebacker on the edge of the left tackle. And there's a plan there, having three safeties on the field, Neil, KZ, and Rico. There's a reason why they wanted to pay Rico. We could have gone into 2019's draft and gotten some superb safeties, and maybe we still will. But um, there's a plan for Keanu Neal being in the box and being, yeah, being close to the box. Yeah, because I remember uh, in Seattle they did that with Cam Chancellor. He, he did mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So I think I think KZ and the way that he performed tonight, which by the way was spectacular. There was some there was some uh, some misses, but there uh, in coverage, but there were definitely some great hits in the run blocking um, and in tackling. KZ will be used as a, a middle ground Keanu Neal slash Ricardo Allen. He will be there in the slot or in that open space in the middle of the field to get interceptions or to make those hits. And I think Neil's going to creep. I think Neil's going to creep closer into the linebacker role, almost into a pass rushing role. Um, he'll still be playing some deep safety. You know, they, they like to put those two deep safeties back there. Um, but this won't look like Seattle's team. This won't. And, and I've been asking guys like yourself, uh, DBN, um, a bunch of other guys on Twitter. What are we naming this team? This isn't Legion, the Legion of Boom 2.0 because this is completely different. This is not Dan Quinn stuff we saw in Seattle. This is completely different stuff. Um, yes, there's similarities, but there's a lot of different material uh, coming from Dan Quinn and company, especially last year. We saw some some wonky things, some very strange things. Albeit we haven't seen the veterans this year. We won't see them until really preseason game three, and that's when dress rehearsal starts. 
Uh, but KZ is going to be used in unique ways. Neil Rico going to be used in unique ways. And just my hot take, I don't know about y'all, but halfway through the season, Isaiah Oliver is going to be starting on the outside and, and, uh, and, uh, Alfred is going to be getting some nickel corner looks. Uh, I don't think that we're going to see Oliver starting permanently outside in in uh, Alfred's position. But I think that when we go to nickel looks, when we have those types of nickel looks, KZ and Alfred will be our nickel corners, and Isaiah Oliver will be on the outside. I mean, do you think it's from a lack of talent, just a way, like you said, those new wrinkles, a way to – you know, put people in positions where, hey, we got guys everywhere. Like, you can't really kind of attack a certain particular person because their skill sets are, you know, all superb in that in those positions. I think that it has nothing to do with a lack of talent because, as I just stated before, Dan Quinn has definitely got more talent on this team than when he started. So mm-hmm. it's definitely not a lack of talent. So, um, I mean, like, I, from the individual, that's like – it's not, it's not a knock on Alfred that – Oliver will be going outside. It's more of a strategic thing. Um, I think that it is a Dan Quinn philosophy to play your rookies. And I think they've already found out that he, after seeing him at camp, I think they've already figured out that it would be a mistake to play him like Jalen Collins when we started Jalen Collins um, in the middle. Oliver is going to be a trailing outside corner. And he's going to be interesting he's not gonna be jalen ramsey but he's gonna be really interesting he may even come away with a pick or two uh i don't know about this season but i could see them going all right we're gonna go full nickel look but we don't want three safeties on the field we're gonna put alfred in the slot we're gonna put uh because he's a very physical corner we're gonna put oliver on the outside and we're gonna put trufon on the other outside and then we're gonna have somebody like oh i don't know Neil and Rico as our other two DBs back there. That's kind of a scary thought for other teams, especially since tonight I didn't see a lot of passes uh, thrown the way of Isaiah Oliver. Yeah, I didn't. It, it I, was, I didn't it, was one, it was one, and he was in slot, and he um yeah the, the receiver did catch it, and I said yeah Oliver is not good in the slot. They need no. to put him on the outside. So yeah. And you, know, and you know what's really funny? And this maybe interests all of you guys. I think that if Jalen Collins had not messed up on off the field, I think if Jalen Collins had not messed up off the field and had been able to develop with Dan Quinn, because we were seeing it in his second year. We were seeing the development from Jalen Collins. 2016 Jalen Collins, when he was in the Super Bowl and whatnot, he was actually doing okay. He was actually holding his own. He was abused a couple of times, but... He, he was showing that as a Dan Quinn trainee, as, as a, a Dan Quinn uh, a piece of growth, it was working. I think that Jalen Collins would have started on this team and he would have been an outside corner and we would have moved Robert Alford to the inside eventually. I think Isaiah Oliver is the second attempt at this, uh, at this notion of putting Alford on the inside in some cases, but letting him start on the outside for more base looks. Um, Jalen Collins would have started on this team, but he messed up his own life. He did his own thing. Two strikes, you're out. Uh, that was the that was the Falcons' way of dealing with that. This is round two of that same idea with getting Oliver, albeit 
Jalen Collins was probably better as an inside corner, and uh, Oliver is going to be a better outside corner. Yeah, Mr. PED was great, but he couldn't stay away from the damn PEDs. Right. I was so excited. I His development was great. I even apologized to him on social media for calling him Mr. PED and looked to it, look look at what he did. He went back yeah. to the PEDs. Dude. As a free agent, as a free agent, as a free agent. <laughs> yeah, you had yeah. me apologize to you publicly for calling you Mr. PED just to go back and do it. Are you yeah, kidding? It's... I was so excited for him, but I am very excited for Oliver to come on and show up and show out. And everything you've said has gotten me very, very excited. Like I got the chills. Like KZ, <laughs> my I've never paid attention to KZ um, like really that much in any of the games except for tonight. Tonight's game, I was like, wait, who is number twenty-seven? And they're like, it's KZ. KZ ah, hush, <laughs> nobody listens to you. for like over a year now. But I was like, yo, this dude is really good. I was like, that's KZ. They were like, uh, yeah, what the hell is wrong with you, stupid? I was like, my bad, my bad, y'all. I just never paid attention to him. <laughs> so I'm really excited to see him. I love Rico. Everyone knows I've been loving him since Hard Knocks, his Hard Knocks appearance. And Neil, Neil, he got like freaking four times bigger this year. He's going to be killing them. All three of them on the field, plus Oliver, Alfred, and true, this defense is going to be unstoppable. Y'all have to come up with a name, DBN crew. We got to come up with a name for this defense because it's going to be unstoppable this year. Yeah. Well, ho hopefully that's the case. <clears throat> if we have to, you know, usually the defense is ahead of the offense. Hopefully if we have to, the defense has to carry the team while the offense, I mean, gets things together that's need to be. Hopefully they're up to the challenge to do that. So. Uh, again, we appreciate everybody checking us out. Uh, under, Untentional Underground, we appreciate you coming through. Uh, definitely plug your YouTube. We definitely want to look at your videos and repost them and have everybody check them out. Uh, yeah, just uh, appreciate our listening. Uh, what do you got? Uh, you guys can check me out on YouTube at Unintentional Grounding. I do uh, Falcons film breakdowns as well as live shows uh, in the morning, and then I do some uh, some video gaming, NCAA 14, uh, for anyone who wants to come and watch and also talk Falcons football and hang and chill. I also have a uh, Twitter and Instagram, UNGR underscore show, um, both of those social media platforms. My Instagram is more of a uh, open kind of life look at what myself, uh, Lieutenant Dan, does uh, during the day. And then my Twitter is mostly me making comments on uh, on some of the Falcons stuff and sports stuff in general. Uh, so definitely go check me out. Don't go hit the uh, sub button. Go hit the notification bell so you can get uh, notified for all of the stuff that I go and do. Yeah, definitely check them out. I, I, I believe I watched you on YouTube before I was looking at Falcons video. I was, I was pretty entertained. I think you were you were talking about uh, you're talking about something controversial. And I was like, I, I, he's got some he's got some good points. Like I was like, I don't <laughs> see the I didn't see the issue. I was like, it's pretty good. So. I'm, I appreciate you coming on our show and uh, dropping some knowledge on us. So, oh, anytime. You guys are more than welcome. Yeah. So, uh, GIF, Don, y'all got anything? Closing words? Shout out to uh, Jalen. Can't couldn't make it because he was baking cookies or something like that. So, uh, I hope those cookies come out good. Where's yeah. my cookies, man? 
Give me right. some cookies, bro. Yeah. Uh, mail us all some cookies, Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> we want cookies too, dang it. Um, yeah, shout out to Unintentional Grounding for coming on the show. It was amazing to hear you talk about all your stuff because we're not just analytical. Go, go roast GIF if y'all hear this and tell how bad her fucking two dollar mic is. I don't. I got it's it from funny. Amazon. Yo, you sound like you're mowing the lawn at at points when you're you're talking. But continue, finish dang, your shot. Dang it, I'm gonna fix this, guys. Um, yeah, shout out to you and everything you've talked about has been amazing because we don't get into that on this podcast. So to hear it is like a breath of fresh air because I'm tired of hearing these two people's mouths (laughs) about their Fortnite and crap while we're in the middle of having a freaking discussion about the Falcon. Look, just because you can't play Fortnite, you're not going to sit here. Fortnite is stupid. (laughs) Fortnite is stupid enough that it is a... uh, Probably one of the most popular games in the world. But continue. It's because it's free. That's it. Like that's literally it. Okay, well people pay for V Bucks, so it's literally it. So shout out everyone who wants to come on the show. We will get you guys on. Just be patient. We're trying to do a list. We cannot have twenty people on this show at the same time. It'll be too muddy, too messed up. So y'all please be patient with us. We will get you on this show. Don't worry about it. And if you're going to come on the show, we have like rules for you that I'll get into later. Um, or when you hit us up, I'll have like rules. And if you don't follow the rules, you're not going to be on the show. So point blank period. That's it. Love y'all. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, appreciate you, Lieutenant Dan, for coming on. Um, there's high hopes for next week. I know it's preseason, but I think Next week we'll do a little better. So, oh yeah, shout out to uh, the entire DBN. So, that's all I got to say. Can I can I make a closing statement really quick before I get out of here? Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. Hey, look, it's for all of you guys and gals that are listening to this, and all the guys and gals that are Falcons fans listening uh, to how we're breaking things down and me being on this show, or you come to my show or you go off to the Falcoholic or wherever you go, get your news or sources. Always remember that this one day that we have Falcons football, there's another week of football ahead and it can't, uh, it can't get any worse because they're always progressing and working harder to make things better. So today is just a, a day for happy mistakes and then the next day is on to business again. So that's just my closing statement. You guys have a wonderful night, and I will talk to you guys later. Peace. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. So this is the Dirt Burn Nation Report, the unofficial official podcast of Falcons Twitter. Also, shout out to uh, Ish Tribble. She's finally back out of her Falcons hiatus of tweets. Uh, she shuts down her Falcons tweets for the offseason, but I recently saw her tweeting about our Lovely Dirty Bird. So hopefully she will make her grand return to the podcast. So again, we appreciate y'all listening. Definitely uh, check us out. Leave a review. Holler at us. We out. Peace.